Hello and welcome to Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Father Michael Delcom, pastor of our community, and I'm grateful you've joined us today. Before we dive into today's message, I want to thank you for your support. At Sacred Heart, we're super excited about our mission to encounter Jesus and become missionary disciples. None of this would be possible without the incredible generosity and dedication of our supporters like yourself. Whether it's through prayer, time, or financial contributions, you allowed us to carry out our mission and touch the lives of countless individuals. If our ministry has helped you along the way, either with this podcast or with our online streaming, please consider financially partnering with us if you're not doing so already. We want to continue our virtual presence in an ever-challenging world, and your support allows us to do that. You can visit shbrusar.org and click the Give button. There you can find ways to support and partner with us on our mission. Another way to support us in our mission is just to share this content with others. Again, on behalf of our team, thank you for listening today. Let's get to today's content as we grow together. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of recognizing um, just being hungry for more, recognizing that um, your taste buds want more than maybe you've been experiencing. Maybe you uh, went on a, on a streak of maybe takeout or fast food or maybe microwave pizza or... Maybe just the kids are just eating chicken nuggets every day and you're like, I just need a break. I need some real food. Or maybe you went visit uh, some relatives that um, left the state and they went up north and they're just so fired up about their chicken and dumplings. And you sit down and you're just sad. You're just so sad because you know there's so much more and you know that they are clueless about the more that there is out there and all you can think about is rice and gravy. Now maybe there was something that you wanted, something, maybe it was a car or maybe it was a new blouse or maybe it was some heels or something and you just wanted it, you wanted it, you wanted it and you finally got it. And then there was a moment of clarity where you're like, eh, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. There's got to be more. Well, as we talk about the Eucharist today, and we talk about the bread of life, and we talk about Jesus' body and blood, Jesus is trying to communicate to the Jewish crowds that there is more, and that we are made to hunger for more. Today's gospel comes right after the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. Jesus is preaching to a massive crowd. If you remember, um, it was time. They were hungry. The disciples came to Jesus. Jesus, they're hungry. They're asking us for food. And he says, give it to them yourselves. Well, we don't have enough food. What do you have? Five loaves and two fish. Well, bring it to me. Jesus multiplies the loaves. They all eat. They were filled. They filled up 12 wicker baskets full. Well, obviously and clearly, this crowd recognizes that Jesus is a miracle worker, that Jesus can feed them. They're hungry. And so they actually travel and follow Jesus. And Jesus, the next day, gives this, this homily, this communication. Before today's gospel, in the gospel of uh, John chapter 6, he basically says, you've come because you ate the bread and were filled. You came because yesterday all of you were hungry and you saw me perform a miracle and all of you were filled. And now you're hungry for more. That's what happens. We eat. 
we're full. Then we get hungry again. We eat, and we're full. He's like, you're just following me because you're hungry. And then he teaches them something. Basically, you are hungry at the core of your heart for something more. You're going to eat this bread and you're going to be hungry a couple of hours later. But the bread that I want to give you is my flesh, which will satisfy a deeper hunger in you. And of course, they don't understand what Jesus is talking about. And so he, he just speaks very clearly. The bread that I have come to give is my flesh for the life of the world. And he says this, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. My flesh is true food. It's clearly in the Gospel of John chapter 6. And my blood is true drink. He's communicating this to them. And they can't quite get it as many of us can't quite get it. I know many of us in the church, even today, we struggle with believing that the Eucharist is truly the body and blood of Jesus. This is what we believe. We believe that the Holy Spirit is going to come down on the bread and wine today. And as we say, not my words, but Jesus's words, Jesus's words have power. Those words are going to change the bread to become his body and blood, soul and divinity. It's not a thing, it's a person. And Jesus is truly going to be present with us. Now, some of us who believe this, we do it so often, sometimes we just take it for granted. That's what we have today as a memorial. We want to remember this in a special way. Because when we don't highlight things, when we don't remember, like anniversaries, weddings, marriages, funerals, death anniversaries, we tend to take them for granted. We tend to forget about them. So today is all about us remembering this gift, this most precious gift of Jesus, to be with us always. At the end of today's gospel, there's an illusion that maybe we might, we might miss if we're not um, biblically savvy. Why would Jesus say these words at the end of today's gospel? This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. What is Jesus talking about? Well, he's talking about our first reading. There's a reference to manna that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate this manna, the bread that came down from heaven. If you remember um, the Jews, the sojourn, right? Israel sojourned from Egypt, slavery, to the promised land, the holy land. They journeyed for 40 years. And this whole journey is meant to foreshadow our journey from this life to heaven. Heaven is our promised land. The Holy Land is simply um, on earth what heaven represents. It's a place where we can rest. It's a place where God provides for us. And on that journey, God provided for them as they begged for food, as they were starving. He gave them manna that came down from heaven. When they woke up, it was like hoarfrost on the ground. It was like ashes. And they would go and they would pick it up and they would collect it. And some of the bread that was left over, they would put it in 
this Ark of the Covenant, this gold tabernacle, so to speak. Well, if you listen to our Eucharistic prayer, you are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dew fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ. If you read that story, that account of the manna coming down from heaven, it said it was like dewfall that came down over the land. And when the dew evaporated, there was like hoarfrost, there was bread that came down from heaven. That sustained them just for a day. Every day they would pray, and every day this bread would come down from heaven. So Jesus alludes to this. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Jesus says, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. Everything in the Old Testament is a foreshadowing. It's a looking forward to something even greater. And Jesus is saying, I am greater. God knows that this is hard for us to believe. It's hard for us to digest. It's hard for us to, to receive. And so every once in a while, God opens up the veil. Every once in a while, God opens up supernatural reality so that we can see it plainly. Some of you are familiar with uh, Eucharistic miracles. There have been several um, over the, the ages. In the seventh century um, in Lanciano, Italy, uh, there was a priest who was celebrating Mass, and he was struggling internally. He was struggling with his belief in the real presence, right? And as he was consecrating the host, the host, the bread, really changed. It always changes, but in his eyes, he was able to see real flesh. Normally, when we consecrate the host, it changes into Jesus' body and blood, but you can't see. It doesn't look like flesh. It just still looks like bread. It still tastes like bread. To our senses, it still tastes like wine, but it truly is. The substance has changed, but in his hands, it really changed so that his eyes could see flesh and blood. He was startled. He was a little taken aback, and so he put that host in the tabernacle just to take a break. Still today, you can go to Lanciano, Italy, and you can see that host. You can see the blood. You can see the fleshy substance. Over 1,300 years later, this is not supposed to happen. It's still there. And scientists have studied it. They've taken a piece off of it, and they have tested it, right? We have new technology, DNA testing. It's AB. It's of the AB line of blood, and it's of the heart muscle of a human being. You can go today to Lanciano, Italy, and you can see it. But even more recently, just because God knows we need it, in 1996, which is not that long ago, in, I'm drawing a blank, um, Bishop Borgoglio, who is now Pope Francis, Buenos Aires, there we go, Buenos Aires. In Buenos Aires, um, 
So uh, a nun who was uh, coming to pray in, in church uh, found um, a host in church. Uh, I don't know what happened. Somebody uh, maybe uh, went to eat it and maybe they uh, didn't consume it and they just left it under the pew on the side of the pew. She picked it up. She brought it to the priest. And basically what we're supposed to do with that is we're supposed to put a, a consecrated host in water. And basically let it dilute and over a um, couple of weeks as it dilutes, basically um, it, it's no longer the precious blood body of Jesus. Well, they put it in this uh, bowl of water and instead of diluting, basically what, happens, what happened is it changed and it began to form a bloody substance. They called the bishop, which is now Pope Francis, he basically just put it away, didn't say anything. Well, over the years, it stayed this bloody substance. And so they had a patholic, forensic pathologist um, who studies these things, right? They study, for lack of a better word, dead people. It was a random test. You can look it up. They just basically gave him a piece of substance and says, can you tell us what this is? He had no reference, no idea what he was looking at. He basically says, his conclusion was, this is a particle, a living piece of flesh from a human heart, the right ventricle specifically, which is the part of the heart that pumps blood to the body. He says it's, it's AB blood, AB negative blood. And the interesting thing about this is it was... It was taken from a heart that was actually alive. He concluded uh, thrombia, which is a fancy word for um, this heart was experienced trauma, intense trauma and beating. He said, I don't know how to explain this, but when you remove a piece of, um, of flesh from a, an organ, it only has a very short shelf life. It's gonna die really quickly, like the, the white blood cells. He says, this piece of material that you gave me, the white blood cells are actually still alive, which is not supposed to be. Basically, this piece of flesh is still alive. Part of the human heart, part of the heart that pumps blood to the rest of the body. A, B, negative. Every once in a while, God gives us a window to be able to see what is really real. Just to speak to our doubts, to speak to our confusion. The Eucharist is our food for our journey to heaven, for Jesus to be with us. He truly is present. He has not abandoned us. Let us pray for a deeper faith to believe in the mysteries that we celebrate this day.